Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Oh, good evening and welcome everyone who's joining us. Uh, thank you for being with us. Here we are on Word Up. Um, I'm joined by Ben, as usual, in the studio. Oh, yeah. And Akin at home in that lovely, uh, surrounded by that lovely white background and the... Uh, the French windows or yeah, the, the doors there. Great to have you with us. Uh, how, how's it going, your end? Well, thank you very much, Pastor. It's, um, yes, it's nice and warm in here at the moment. So, <laughs> I don't oh, know what no, it's like I... in the studio. <laughs> yeah, we, we, were, we were saying it's cooling down in the it studio is. now, isn't it? We have to think about getting a fire in here now as we're moving in towards winter. But no, we're okay, aren't we? Yeah, We've got our coffee that. and... Uh, we're, we're quite comfy, thank you. But um, great, so thank you both uh, for last week. You were um, you were doing Mark chapter 14, the beginning of, and um, great episode it was too. And um, you were looking there, at, there was the lady with the alabaster jar who uh, came and poured the oil over Jesus, wasn't there? And then we also were introduced again, well, introduced, uh, there was mention of Judas who, who'd gone to the chief priest to betray him, I see. And interesting, you've got that contrast, haven't you? I know that you were talking about that act would be remembered. Jesus prophesied it, and I know you talked about that, you know, for for forever, really, uh, presumably. But yeah, the word of God endures forever. That act will go down in eternity um, yes. and be remembered for such a wonderful act of faith. And in, what a contrast! So would Judas's betrayal, that act of betrayal, be? Um, and yeah. I'm sure you probably said the same. Yes. Well. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Great. So we're picking up uh, from verse 12, then chapter 14, and we're going to read through today to um, verse. Let's have a look now. Um, so we're going to go to the. Yeah, until they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Verse. So we're going to go from verse 12 to verse 31. And uh, I'm going to read that first. So the, chapter 14, verse 12, if you're following. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house, he enters. The teacher has asked, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. One who is eating with me. They were so saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely not I. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. 
The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. <laughs> While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have, I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if, all for, even if all fall away, I will not. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And the others said the same. We'll, we'll leave it there for now. Let's um, pray and ask God to help us with his word. Lord, we thank you for this word and ask you to open it up for us. Help us as we look at it. Speak to us through it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. So, so right, we're, um, it says the first day of unleavened bread. It's the... It's the Passover feast, I believe, isn't it, Ben? Yeah. Uh, why don't you kick us off? What's going on here? And uh... well, see, I had this puzzle when I was uh, looking at this, and I, I, I kind of, you know, I tend to, I tend to go down these rabbit holes, and it absorbs all my time, and I don't get as far on in my studies as I should, but it matters to me. Um, so I asked the question. I'm like, well, how could Jesus celebrate the Passover with these disciples? And yet be the Passover lamb on that same Passover. How, how would that work? You know, the timing doesn't seem right. How are I going to do that? And it never occurred to me before, but such a kind of obvious thing when you look at it. The answer that I found anyway comes in, in the way that uh, northern Galileans time their days and southern uh, Israelis time their days. The northern Galileans, let me, kind of, I had to draw myself a diagram, but uh, let's just see if we can do this. So the Northern Galileans, yeah? So for them, Thursday, if you like, which is the 13th of Nisan, the month of Nisan, starts at sunrise and ends at sunrise the next day. For the Southern, Gal the southern Israelis, right. the day starts at sunset and ends on sunset, the, you know, at the next day. So they're Thursday for Jesus and his disciples. Are they the Southern Galileans? The, the, the Northern, oh, northern the Galileans. Northern. Okay, right. That ends at sunrise on the 14th. Start on the on what is the 14th for the, the Southern Jews. Mm. So anyway, I really need a diagram to do this. You get this crossover point where Jesus and his disciples can legitimately celebrate the Passover on what is the 14th of Nisan for the Southern Southern Jews mm. and the 13th for them. But there's the crossover where they can legitimately go to the temple, get the uh, sacrificial lamb mm. and get it ready for the Passover. And then the next day, 
on the 14th of Nisan for the, the southern Jews, mm. um, Jesus can actually be the sacrificial lamb at the crucifixion in the twilight of what they would time as the 14th of Nisan. So it's very, I mean, it's probably delving maybe too much into it for, for you know, for um, some, but, I, you know, I kind of, you know, those kind of details matter. How could Jesus be the Passover lamb? if you know it's not the right timing and the right day and as we looked at the prophecy of daniel 70 weeks uh, previously and i kind of my mind boggled at that the timings there say that when the passover <laughs> lamb had to come and if you really dig into it you can actually get it down to the 14th of nisan uh, which is the kind of beginning of march april of the year which is when the jews celebrate the passover uh, Daniel said that's when the Messiah would, you know, the kingdom would come mm-hmm. in the Messiah. Yeah. And it's times down to, you know, the, that point. So these timings are important in the scheme mm-hmm. for prophecy and things. And it, it first of all, it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, how could he celebrate the Passover and be the Passover lamb? Mm-hmm. But you see in the, the timings of the Galileans and the southern Jews, there's that crossover point where actually he could be mm-hmm. both of those things. Yeah. And it was important for him to spend time and celebrate the Passover with the disciples. And obviously eternally important for him to be the Passover lamb. Worthy of much study. But anyway, there's a point just to <laughs> kick us Thank off. you. <laughs> yeah, it's not something I would have picked up on. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe I don't know about you, Pastor Akid. Um, but isn't it, it, it is very important in that you know, Jesus was absolutely fulfilling the prophecies. Yes, yeah. and, and so, yes, it, it was doable. And you, you, you found that out, which is great. And, and yeah, I think it's worth on that point, you know, let's talk about, we don't want to assume that everyone listening understands this, this Passover and being and celebrating the Passover and being the Passover as well. Um, but um, one of us could talk about that. But Pastor Akin, do you want to just come in on any of this um i'm happy to to pick up on the passover as well or anything you want to say about it yes it it, uh, no i just wanted to to pick up on what um you know ben was saying um i hadn't gone into you know that uh, depth of study on um you know the 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 dates but the the only the commentary and and note that i came across in the commentary trying to explain that away is is, is just more in line with what ben is saying is that they were looking at two different calendars, basically, which is, um, you know, more or less what Ben said. They didn't go into the, in the depth that Ben did, obviously, which is great. Well, well done there, Ben. But they did say, stress that it was probably due to the fact that they were, you know, operating on two different calendars. Yeah. And, um, you know, just just, just, uh, just touching on the, the, the Passover that the Jews were celebrating at, the, at this time of the year, it would have been, we, we, I think we mentioned it last week as well, that it was the, um, the Passover feast when the um, Israelites were, uh, coming out of the land of Egypt, mm. and uh, we, we we mentioned this about how the um, when when the animals were um, were sacrificed, they would they were uh, would apply the blood of the animal to the doorposts of their homes, and we, we said it was quite interesting that at that time they they were told to do this by Moses, and God said that when He sees the blood, it was actually God who was saying that when He sees the blood, when He comes to bring uh, judgment on the, the you know the idols of the Egyptians, that when He sees the blood, He will yeah. pass over. Right. And we were, yeah. was contrasting that with the way that sometimes that I would pray. I used to pray, for example, and I would say, you know, that enemy, when you see the blood, you must pass over. But actually, at that particular time, mm-hmm. you know, it was God who was saying that when I see the blood on the doorposts of your of your yes. homes, that I will pass over as He was coming to bring uh, judgment on the um, the idols of the Egyptians. So yeah, that was the the, the pass 
Passover that the Jews were celebrating at this time. But as we will see as, as we move forward in our study today, that Jesus would that was the so that was the, the cup, the old covenant that the Jews that God had with the Jews. And as we will see as we, we, we move forward in the, the study today, that Jesus was coming to bring about a new covenant that uh, was going to be uh, established by his blood and not by the blood of not through the blood of animals. <laughs> That's a very important point. Thank you. And I was thinking, no, is it the same now in our lives? We we say that um, we were even mentioning it this morning. The scripture says they overcame the mm. Satan by the blood yes. of the lamb. Um, yes. This is what we're talking about here and the word of our testimony. So so there is that there is a sense that um, it deals with Satan. But right. it, it, in the same way today, I think. It's, it is the Lord God, God the Father sees the blood and, mm. and, and passes over, you know, that there, there is no, there's no judgment, there's no execution from, of, of the wrath of God from, mm. because of our sin that has offended him. But the blood covers us, doesn't it? The blood wow, of yes. Christ clothes yes. us, you know, he yes. sees the blood and he says, you know, I see my son. I, you are clothed in him. You're clothed with his righteousness. And so it's, it's, there's a connection with that, I think. You know, it's yes. God who sees the blood as well. So in what <laughs> way, I think, would, would it be that the enemy sees the blood as well? Uh, how would that apply? I guess it'd be in the way uh, of um, knowing that we're... Uh, uh, okay, I always go back to when we studied Peter, and it's, it says at the beginning that we're people sprinkled with the blood. Going mm -hmm. back to Moses, when the people made the commitment to follow mm -hmm. the Lord, and he sprinkled the blood on them as a symbolism. Um, that you know, we're kind of that. That blood represents uh, a price that's paid mm -hmm. for for these people, um, and in Passover. When they when they kind of celebrate that, there's there's a whole there's a lots of symbolism in Passover with the four cups, um, and the cup that Jesus picked. I'm, here, I'm racing ahead now. Was the cup that that kind of celebrated uh, one of the bits from Exodus that said, "You're my people," um, uh, and it's I guess it's a symbol of the of protection that all those scriptures like "You're under my wing," uh, "You're under my protection." Psalm 18, uh, God comes in thunder and lightning to defend his people. He comes out as a warrior from uh, his stronghold to defend his people. And it's it's knowing, I guess, that we are a, a blood-bought people and the enemy. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, Revelation talks about symbols, doesn't it? About being of seals on his people. Mm -hmm. um, and in the spiritual <clears throat> realm, you know, yeah. blood-bought, you know, blood the old time yeah, preachers yeah. would say blood-washed. Yeah. Are you washed, are you washed in the, the blood? blood? Are you washed in the blood? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Amen. Yes. And I think also, also, Pastor, I mean, when you when you say that, how does the enemy see the blood? It's like um, it's a reminder that he is excluded from um, this this covenant that we now have with God. You know, it's just like the Egyptians; they they didn't have that covenant with God, so they couldn't apply the blood to the doorposts of their home. So when God judgment was poured out. You know that they, they felt the you know that the wrath of that, and for the enemy, it's like it's a reminder that he's also excluded from the kingdom of God. He's excluded from the things of God, and all that he, he he's his expectation now is the same as it were for the Egyptians back in that time. Is that expectation of when God the day of God's judgment when it comes, yes. you know he he will be on the wrong side of that, um, if you like, yes, because yes. he's not he's not covered by by, by the blood. Yeah, there's a lot we're going to. I think we'll, we'll be coming a bit more to the detail of, of the 
um, the communion time and we can talk a bit more about it. We'll pick it up again because <laughs> I, I also want to make the point that, um, and, and we were chatting about this just earlier, is, is the disciples said, oh, you know, where do you want us to make preparations, uh, Jesus? And, and he has all these <clears throat> very specific details. He says, you know, right, go to the city. You're going to meet a man carrying a jar of water. Follow him. Then go into that house. Say to the owner, you know, where is the guest room for the teacher? Uh, this sort of thing. There, there's, mm. there's incredible detailed prophecy about what, what they will find. And um, so, <clears throat> you know, there's a real sense Jesus is in total control of what's going on here. You know, we, we know this is coming to his arrest, to his, well, his betrayal, his arrest mm. and and torture and crucifixion. But he is in control. It's it's his, That's you know, it, he's, yeah. he's willingly doing it and is in total control of all the detail. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you were talking about it, Ben, earlier. That's it. I mean, me and Aki touched on it last week about um, when... Uh, the chief priest said, oh, let's not arrest him or kill him during the, the celebration because it caused an uproar. Mm -hmm. Like they had any kind of charge over it at all or any power over it. Um, they thought they did. Um, but, you know, Jesus was in control of the timing. And there were so many times when he said in the past, when people tried to kill him, it's not my time yet. It's not my time yet. Uh, and then now he starts saying, my, my time has come. Um, and one of those things is that he sends two disciples who um, I think it's Luke identifies those two as Peter and John to go off and, you know, look for this this sign, which is the guy carrying the water jug, which is was pretty rare because guys didn't do that. That was a woman's job. Sorry, ladies um, in ancient times. Uh, and, you know, they'd see this and know that he was the guy to follow. And he said, go, go and prepare it for us. So their job was to go and uh, sacrifice the lamb, get it all ready, get the, um, the the bitter herbs and the water and all that ready for the Passover meal and to make it ready. And then the rest of them would join them. Uh, and the, the thing with that is that Judas had already, you know, he'd already planned to get Jesus arrested and sell him to the, you know, off to the, to, to his death, basically. But he sent those two disciples off to prepare it uh, and you know they would know where it was. Only they would know where it was by following the guy. Judas wouldn't know where it was until he actually got there and had to stay there. So in a way, it was kind of keeping that you know keeping that contained. Um, mm -hmm. Where you know Judas couldn't go to the chief priest and saying, right, we'll be there at this time in this place. Um, and this is from some of the commentaries. You know, mm -hmm. he it would uh, just be you know he would have to be there. And then things would unfold and things would happen there. And then, then Judas could go and do so what he had to do. He knew exactly what time he needed and what he needed to do in that time, etc. What What did you um, see in this, Pastor Akin? Yes, it, it, it's, it's um, yeah, exactly what, what Ben is saying is that, yeah. um, and what we mentioned last week, that, you know, in situations and certain circumstances where it, it, there's an appearance of though things are, you know they're happening uh, at random and it might seem a bit a bit chaotic and last minute it's just like you know the part on the day of the the feast for example what why is it that the lord's waiting for that day you think of something like this it would have been you know, the venue everything would have been known beforehand 
but there is there's always a reason why you know when the lord does things the way that he does is there's always a reason for it and um the, the, i think the great through the great comfort that we take we can take from looking into this is that it, it's, it's the same thing in our lives as well yes, sometimes yes. you know information seems to be withheld from us and we don't seem to know it's almost as though yes. things are sprung on us at the last minute but it, but the lord knows why he okay. does what he does when he does it and how he does things that he because he's in control and he just has that overview of everything doesn't he? even as we were looking at last week when he was making that declaration before he had even gone to the cross and he was already saying that wherever this gospel wherever this message is preached and he's like you know at that point in time you're thinking what what message is he talking about but he was talking about the message or you know of his of his death of his resurrection and of the redemption of mankind he said wherever this message is preached this woman who had anointed him with that with that oil he said this this wherever this message is preached her name will be mentioned and it's just it, again it's, it's just showing that the lord he's in control and he knew what was going to happen and, and how things were you know going to to um unfold as it were and at um at no point was was it like his life was taken from as we will see later his life was not taken from him but he willingly laid it down for us great yeah thank you that's great and um interesting little detail it says in the scriptures that he will show you a large upper room so it was a large upper room where they had the um the, the last supper I wonder, was it the same large upper room where um, Pentecost, where, where, you know, the church was birthed, the Holy Spirit came? Um, probably. Well, Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, <laughs> they, I, I, I'd be surprised if they had, you know, multiple large upper rooms. Uh, <laughs> that's a room of a wealthy person, by the way. And um, we'll, we'll get to whose room it might be in, in a little while, because um, we've got some clues even in, in, in this passage as to whose room it might be when we come up to it so make preparations for us there so the disciples went off and they found things just as jesus had told them as we've been saying and they prepared the passover then um it says jesus arrived with the 12 and then while they were reclining at the table to eat he says one of you i tell you the truth one of you will betray me one who is sitting here with me is sitting, eating with me, it says. And and um, says they were saddened, and one by one they said, surely not I. Um, if I just start off as a comment on this, um, in, in a commentary I was reading, um, the, it was David Pawson's one again, and um, he made the comment, and, and it was, he was surprised. Goodness, it seems like this is the first moment that the disciples showed particular sorrow about what was happening and even what the Lord was going to be going through. And, and it wasn't so much, oh, you know, the sorrow of him going through the cross that was to come and, and all the suffering that was ahead of him. Maybe they didn't have a full revelation of that. or But it was a sorrow of, of you know, surely it wouldn't be me. No, surely not I. It was... You know, to have that response, um, really focusing on themselves as opposed to really focusing on what Jesus was about to go through. I thought that was a, a salient point. But uh, anyone else get anything on that? Or, or on, on this idea of, you know, surely not I and, and this, this response from the, uh, the 12. But then he goes on to say, it is one of the 12. Um, one who dips the bread into the bowl with me. And, um, and 
you know, goodness me. So he's, he's literally saying, and Judas is sitting there, mm. you know, the 12 are there with him. And so he's saying, look, one who dips the bread with me is going to betray me. And yet mm. Judas still went through with it, even though, you know, if Jesus is kind of prophesying to him. Mm. I know what you're doing. And we, we can talk in a moment about what some of the other um, gospels give the detail of this en encounter. Yeah. But uh, Pastor Akin, what give you some space to <laughs> yes to, yes yeah, i mean we, we did um you know we looked at this last last uh not this particular but we looked at this last week as in yeah. this whole thing about you know when when the, when the lord is here and he's actually saying you know he actually, he actually went on to say yes it is written you know the, this is the fulfillment of prophecy etc etc but then he still says no but woe to the person who you know, is 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 the one who, um, yeah. uh, you know, who instigates this. And uh, I mean, he, he actually uh, goes on to say it would be better if he had not been born. And you, you, you kind of like think, well, well, and, and like you, and like you rightly said, Pastor, some people will say, well, well what choice did um, did Judas have mm. um, in this situation? Because this is it was the fulfillment of prophecy. But um, like we we, were, we mentioned last week, you know, the, the commentators were saying, look, this. In fact, one of them said that it was actually an opportunity for Judas to, if you like, to reconsider yeah. what he was about to do and actually not go ahead with it. You know, that, that was one of the comments went went as far as saying that, that it was an opportunity to say that. And then others would, were, were going on to say that, so, you know, then the same person was saying that, yes. Uh, what People will then ask the question, then what, how would the prophecy have been fulfilled if Jesus, Jesus had repented? And they were saying, well, you know, that's God's. Uh, it was was able. It could have come through. It would have happened, but it didn't have to be Judas. Basically, is what he was saying. Yeah, Judas yeah. did not have to be the one through whom it happened. Mm. And um, I don't know. It's quite sobering, to be honest with you, to to, to look at something like this. That um, you know, one of the Lord's closest associates, the twelve, one of the twelve who had mm. been with him for you know three plus years, seen everything that he, he had done. You know, witnessed him. You know, speaking to to them, being the you know the Messiah, everything, and yet could still go ahead. And there, you know, I, I, some of the comments I was reading, they were some of them were giving different reasons why maybe Judas did it. Some of them were saying maybe he did it because he was trying to um, force Jesus out into the open to actually show that he was um, the Messiah. So by betraying him, he would be forced to um be <laughs> to come out to something. show his power or something yeah. the, the yeah. demonstration of his right. power as the right. one yeah. who had come to rescue the to israel and others were were, were saying things like but someone us down to us to look at the end of the day he did it for for money you know yeah. that he you know he had that love of money and he had in one of the other gods we see that he he was he was stealing money out of the purse so and that was the reason why he did it whatever he said earlier he mm -hmm. said well no he asked that he said to him, what were you going to give to me if I if I betray me into your hands, so there was a it wasn't anything to do with him looking for the kingdom to come early. It was all about his selfish desires yeah. and his selfish yeah. motives. But yeah. again, just to write, it just it's it's just quite sobering as we look at our own lives because we see all of the disciples here. They're asking that question: "Are surely not I? Surely not I?" And it's like um, for, for us as as believers now, how we um, as, as we probably will look surely into this bit later. We looked at it with, with Peter. Yeah. Not to have any confidence in in ourselves at all, but to be totally and utterly dependent on on the Lord. Um, that's how we, we're going to see, you know, His will unfolding in our lives. Yes, thank you. That's good. It's interesting that part you said about, um, you know, Jesus giving was almost like 
we don't know, but you know, he was giving Judas the opportunity to kind of even repent at that point. Um, and there was a couple of other points that in there where I, it, Jesus kind of, he honor, he's honouring Judas. There's a, there's a point in it, you know, we have to go over to, to John mm, to yeah. see this, I mean, mm. there's so much that happened in the upper room mm. uh, before and after Judas left that it's not recorded in, uh, mm. only recorded in John. Mm. But the fact that Jesus, when he washed the disciples' feet, he washed mm. Judas's feet. And the thing with the morsel is, uh, it, it, in the Passover meal, mm-hmm. uh, it's a piece of unleavened bread with with the lamb in it, dipped in the, in the, uh, the the mixture of fruit and herbs, that's given as as honour to mm-hmm. to the one the, ho- the you know the head of the the Passover gives it as honour to right. to someone, and, right. and Jesus gave it to Judas. Wow. And it's almost like wow, you know, is he? He's kind of you know. He, he he was one of the disciples, mm. and he, you know he, he was always like willing Judas, you know, sure, surely not you, or, you know, yeah. if there's any other way, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but in what we were talking about last week, when we were talking about you know God's plan, His providence, and man's mm-hmm. choice, and mm, God's yeah. plan, mm-hmm. it, it 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 says in John that when uh, Judas took that morsel it, uh, that Jesus was given to him, Satan entered into him. And mm. you know that was kicked around in the commentaries. At, mm. at, at, at that point, Judas's desire, which was for money, um, mm. at the root of it, and Satan's kind of desire, which was you know to to thwart the plans of God, mm. they came into alignment. So Satan entered into Judas in the fact that they were both in one accord mm. in, in their purposes. Right. Uh, and mm. you know, in, in a way, Judas's choice that he made, mm. you know, was he, not that he he. It's that mystery between God's plan and, and man's choice, you know, mm-hmm. but the things came into line yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and Judas made the choice. Yeah. And, you know, God used that to accomplish his purposes, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, and that's that's what the word gives us to understand about that point. Yes, but, I, 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 on that point, I think, you know, that the kind of predestination and God's sovereign will and then man's will, in our minds, they don't... They don't add up, do they? You can't have them both together because either God's fully in control and therefore we don't have the free will or or, 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 or we do have free will and therefore how can God be fully in control? And yet yet God says the two are working together. You have to trust me. My ways are not your ways. You know, I, I am God. You cannot fully understand you know there's mystery in me, in who i am and and one of the sort of scientific things that i thought is, is a good illustration of this um i know that i'm not a, i'm not a scientist but i remember that light apparently has been you know examined carefully and and it it it's a particles light is is particles of light it's also um waves there's light waves and light particles and apparently you can't have the two it's either one thing or the other and yet they know there is particles and there is light waves and and so you know it's a kind of a mystery and in the same way i think you've got this um you know there's lots of mystery in god he's outside of time number one um we know that you know he's the alpha and omega he's right at the beginning he's right at the very end he's in the lives of our future and so he's outside of time and and only in that we can maybe get a glimpse but we can't fully comprehend the sovereignty and the and the would would that be fair to say yeah sometimes the thing yes. is beyond finding out and the word yeah. says that you know 
about the Lord's claims? Yeah, so I think in that, you know, we can say that, you know, Jesus, I mean, sorry, Judas could have chosen a different path, I believe. If he couldn't, you know, then there's, there's, a, there's a certain injustice has happened, yeah. we'd have to say, wouldn't we? And God is is totally just. So well, Again, we said everyone always brings up Pharaoh in these matters, you mm -hmm. know, because he says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. But if you actually read through the whole story, there are points when Pharaoh could have repented and let the Egyptians go where it says Pharaoh hardened his own heart. So there are mm -hmm. points when God uses Pharaoh, hardens his heart to display his glory. But there are points when Pharaoh hardens his own heart in rebellion towards God. That's good. And, you yeah. know, and that, in mm. that same way, God mm. used Pharaoh, you yes. know, to, to uh, in the, his grand plan. Yes. I think that, mm. that reminds me of, you know, there comes a point in our own choices where God, and it says in, in and I think in Romans, you know, he gave them over to their, sinf their own sinful desires. You know, mm. he's, he's, he's sort of, okay, you know, there's a point where, look, if that's what you want, yeah, you can have it. Mm. And, and now, you know, I'm, I'm going to almost join mm. with you and give you what you want. And, and does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Sort of. Yeah. It's, yes. uh, let's say it's a sobering and scary thought, isn't it? Yeah. Let mm. us never go there um, in Jesus yes. name. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Judas, he betrayed him. It'd be better if uh, he hadn't been born. It said there, uh, you know. Yeah. that person so while they were eating yeah so now we come to the actual act of the the communion he took bread gave thanks and and said take this take it this is my body he gave it to the disciples to eat and he gave them the the, the wine to drink this is my blood of the covenant yeah. so you know there's so much we could talk about the communion how, how long have we got um not too long than this episode, but uh, I think, you know, one thing we can start with, it's so important that we have to, and the disciples had to, you know, to eat, to take of, of, the, of the bread, in this symbolism mm. of, you know, yes, Jesus has died for the sins of the world, you know, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, but, you know, that is, is brought into effect when we take of the, the, the cup and the bread and, and we, if you like, you know, take of Jesus in, into yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And, and it's, that, it's, that, it's that age old thing again of, of uh, the Jewish roots being transformed by Jesus into something that's now the new covenant for mm -hmm. us. Uh, with, with Passover again, one of the things I was looking at was, you know, uh, in, in our account, it talks about, and in the other Gospels, it talks about Jesus took a cup. Jesus took a cup. But um, there's actually four cups in, in, in the Passover ceremony, and it's the fourth cup of oh. blessing uh, and the unleavened bread that that is what would relate to us having communion today. Okay, yeah. Having uh, the bread and the wine is, is the fourth cup of blessing and the unleavened bread, uh, you know, um, of Thanksgiving. And, and uh, you know, it was a promise to the Jews uh, back in Exodus, I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. The four cups related to things in Exodus 6, but the promise for the cup of blessing was, I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. Um, and that's the cup that Jesus, you know, says, this is the cup of new covenant. And actually, it's born out in Corinthians. I'll just read Corinthians, right, where it says, um, he's talking about examples and instructions, but he, he talks of the cup in, in Corinthians, Paul, and he says, the cup of blessing that we bless, 
is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? And he's talking about that Passover Jewish fourth cup of blessing. Mm -hmm. Is it not the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation? And he's talking about the unleavened bread. Is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Mm. And it's that fourth cup of blessing, the unleavened bread that was, it was celebrating the Jews' haste in their deliverance from the Egyptians, but their deliverance from bondage uh, and, and the, the cup of blessing of the, you know, the, the wine of, the new, uh, of, of freedom. And how much does that relate to communion? You know, with the the, mm. the body represented by the bread, the blood of Christ. What does it bring us? It brings us freedom from bondage. It brings us freedom. You know, and and that's that's where for me the value of our Jewish roots that were transformed in the upper room in this exactly this point we're looking at in Scripture were transformed in the upper room into something that was was ancient Jewish ritual. Mm -hmm into what for us is it's still a ritual but it is a thing that you know it's been celebrated throughout christian history for for thousands of thousands of years uh, and and for the um uh, two thousand years actually sorry but for the jews thousands and thousands of years uh, for us you know two thousand years since christ instituted this thing and it's you know it's a way that we lock into that that covenant that God gave to the Jews to be a special people, to be displayed to the world, uh, for us to come into that mm -hmm. as the the one new man in Christ, Jew and Gentile together, mm -hmm. sharing in uh, the blessings of, of the God of the desert that that, mm -hmm. that uh, rescued them from Egypt. I am going off on a big tangent. Israel <laughs> in a few weeks, people. No, very important about you know the the foreshadowing all the mm -hmm. way through the scriptures right from the very beginning of, of all the way through the life of God's people, the foreshadowing mm. from Abraham himself with the, the blood covering um, for Isaac, um, you know, from the, the, the lamb that he provided, the ram rather it was then. And then all the way through there was this pointing to the, the, the blood covering. And now we, we hear this is the fulfillment of it. This is the actual, you know, act that was coming. And then he said, and now I want you to remember the act that has been done. There's not a foreshadowing of what is to come, but now we're celebrating what has happened for us and um, do this and yeah, keep doing yeah. it. Not just, yeah. it's interesting, it's not just a written thing that we sort of, we, we, we look at and we remember, oh yes, yes, let's read it again. But he says, I want you to go through the act whenever you gather together, you know, and drink it, do it regularly. And, and there's, I mentioned it, didn't I, this morning that the psychologists have said, you know, this this regular sort of actioning of, of these things has a real power in, 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 in sort of putting things into our system, if you like. And uh, mm. Pastor Akin, you know, we're, yes, we're yes, hogging, yes we're absolutely, this, Pastor. Pastor it's just like it. And um, as, as a lot, as you're saying, the Lord is saying, do something, you know. So when he says yeah. take, it's like um, the, the commentary I was reading, he says that take thing is, is a decision. You have to make a decision to take what the Lord is offering us. And um, and I know here we, there's there's another translation where it says, take, eat, this is my body. And he says that eating, again, it's to, to remind us that we know without food, that's what we use to, that's what sustains us. And um, in taking uh, what the Lord has offered to us, we're, we're showing our dependence on him. 
that we need his life. We need him in order to sustain our life in the things that, um, you know, he has called us to in the, in the life that we're to live on a daily basis. So every time we come, as, as you say, to this communion table, we, it's not a, it's not just a ritual and those um, that's, um, those symbols, it's something that it's, it's, it's life giving. You know, when we, mm-hmm. when he speaks his words and we obey those words, there is, like you said, this, you were saying this more, there's that, there's that then that transfer takes place of um as what we will see when we as we go on what he did on the cross you know it's like there's the transfer of that that um you know the the the, the um the judgment of sin he took upon himself then we like you said we then become we're set free that judgment no longer comes on us that transfer so every time we do this we remember that that transfer has taken place and let it become a good habit for all of us when we're going through yes. challenging times and difficult times that the, a transfer has actually taken place at the cross yes yes absolutely yes so we're yeah so there's so much and and i think uh, you were saying that is it the cup of promise did you mention uh, the, or, cup, or, the cup of blessing the cup of the, blessing yeah, yeah and, and i think you you know it, it's a, a like a covenant meal as well and it is it is the meal of the covenant and that's you know a meal of promise and often in in those you know ancient middle eastern times if um if people made a covenant together they would often celebrate it with a meal and and so this was the the you know the binding of the covenant and and it's god himself has has said you know i am making this promise my promise to you to my people and and we're going to celebrate it with a meal can you see how firm and unshakable and and if you like you know it's yes there is a two-sided to it because we do as you say we have to eat we have to accept and receive but you know it's God's promise he says I will you know I will never leave you I am yours and you are mine and you, you mentioned that even from the the, the cup of blessing you yeah, know, where yeah. that comes from then and and that's the words that God speaks to us in the scripture even now you know I will never leave you or forsake you I'm with you always even to the end of the age Jesus himself and he's he's saying this is the promised meal and um and and it even says here it says uh what is it now I tell you the truth I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in the kingdom of God, you know, we will drink together. I'm coming back for you, you know, don't. And and we know. And he said, keep doing this because keep reminding yourself, know that that I'm 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 coming back. You know, this is about this is a future thinking meal as well as a, a past remembering meal. And so uh, there's so much in in the communion cup and um, and it's to be done together. You know, and and you can't enjoy um, a meal together. Yes, we can sort of celebrate these things even virtually and what have you uh, to a degree. But you know, it's about being together, isn't it? And yeah. and and you can't really feed one another food and drink mm. unless you're physically present. Oh yeah, I can't sort of take my cup and uh, here, Pastor Kim, can you? Hang on, here we are. Go on, lean forward a bit. (laughs) It, you know, it doesn't quite work. But um, even though we can sort of think about these things and celebrate, we can't have that community unless we're physically together. So, anyway, friends, we've come to the end of um, this particular episode. Um, We didn't get quite as far as we we wanted to, but. uh, (laughs) 
We've we've had a good chat. I, I feel, you know, have we crowded out Pastor Akin tonight? Is that me or is it you? Or... Probably, yeah. Pro- probably me. It's, it's... Pastor Akin, you're going to get most of the next episode, so get ready. What you got? I don't. I, I don't feel crowded out. Um, oh, it's just been it. another. It's, this is just another another amazing, um, you know, insight into what the Lord has done for us. It's, it's just beyond, like you're saying earlier, we can't comprehend it, can we? Mm, because he's outside of, um, you know, he's outside of time, he's outside of our understanding, but still, he still wants to be involved. And it's just amazing, really. The more we look into the word of God, you just see how amazing God is. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a lovely way to end. Thanks, Pastor Aaron. So everyone be blessed, be encouraged and know God is with you. Let's come together. Let's celebrate communion. We haven't been doing it enough, enough at Bright City, I think, coming back from the lockdown. But uh, we're putting that right and uh, looking forward to being together soon. God bless you. and We'll see you next week uh, for the next part of Chapter 14. Have a great week. See you soon. Bye. Bye. God bless. See you next time, Ben. See you, yeah.